How awesome does it feel to be completely understood by someone else? That they get you when you're explaining a problem. Do you want to be a spouse that is able to give this blessing? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 15. We are back from holidays. And today, we're going to be talking about listening to understand. So Mm -hmm. this is one of those skills in marriage that doesn't have a very sexy label, but is going to go a long ways towards building a thriving, passionate marriage. So what always strikes me, though, is like, who knew that listening could be such a skill? Like everybody knows. Well, I mean, apart from the kids, maybe, but everybody knows how to listen, right? Yeah. Well, the core concept here is listening to understand. Not just to respond. Not just to respond. So with a better story. With a better story. Yeah. That's so funny in conversations. But the irony of this here is is we're talking about listening to understand, not listening to respond, but real active good listening is actually all about how you respond. Right. Right. So it's a little bit counterintuitive. So the best listeners know how to respond the right way. Because the response tells you that they were listening. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So how do we do that? Okay, there's four kinds of active listening responses. Clarifying, paraphrasing, reflecting, and summarizing. This is from Cormer and Nurius, and these guys are experts at this okay. basic skill set. So we're going we're gonna to go over this together. Clarifying is the first one. And it's really simple. Just are you saying or so you mean? So I'm, we're rephrasing it to understand what they're saying. Yes. So I'm taking your content and I'm just parking these a few words in the front. Are you saying that? Whatever. Or do, so do you mean? Whatever. And that really deals with any ambiguity um, that I might sense or it clarifies what you're saying, or maybe you're vague and you're not really clear and it helps you kind of crystallize stuff in your own mind as well. So, okay. Yeah. So if I, you know, I've had a crazy day and you come in and I'm like, oh, I just feel like it never stops. How are you going to respond to that in a, in a listening to respond way? Yeah. It's kind of like, are you saying you want me to be more involved with making supper right now or what can I do to help you? It's getting there in the moment to to go a level deeper with that. Okay. And while we're on this, like woman speak, like if I, if I want help with the kids, I need to say, can you help me with the kids? Not like, oh, I'm going crazy. I've had a hectic day because that doesn't tell you that I want help with the kids. Well, yeah. And often like a person will say, the kids are driving me nuts. Well, that makes me not want to get involved with the kids either, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually a request for help. So yeah. whatever the case might be there, it's just so taking clarify. that little bit of content, clarifying it with, are you saying whatever, or do you mean? Okay. So just, just think about how you can pull that out of your, your spouse's conversation. Next one is paraphrasing. Kind of what it sounds like. You're rephrasing your spouse's content. Mm-hmm. And that would get you a lot more specific. Yes, exactly. It helps you to know if you're interpreting the meaning correctly. Because when another person's speaking to you, they have a meaning that they're associating with something and you really want to understand their meaning for their words, not your meaning for their words. Hmm. So that yeah. helps you go a notch deeper. So for example, if I, if I came home to you and I said, I tried talking to Fred about his lack of results. I'm, I'm complaining about work, his lack of results and sales last month, but it was really difficult. It's like, he wouldn't hardly say a word and I don't know what to do with him. So that I can paraphrase that and say... So Fred's not responding when you're trying to coach him? Yeah. And then that just makes me want to keep going with the conversation. I feel understood and acknowledged. 
Right. So that's some good active listening. Right. Or you might say no and clarify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Number three is reflecting. So this is our third kind of active listening. And reflecting is like rephrasing, but on this one, you're really focusing in for the feeling words. And this is actually a great way of training each other by pulling the feeling words out of the conversation or even giving them if you're sensing them and they're guessing at them. So you'd be a little more tentative on this and you're kind of guessing, right? So what are you training or? Well, you're helping each other to learn to identify your feelings. Oh, okay. Okay. So that is going to build emotional intelligence. Yeah. Which is going to make you both more skillful at being related through marriage. Okay. Does that make sense? Or relating to one another through marriage. So when you're pulling those those feeling words out, you know, it's huge for communicating that you understand and that helps your spouse feel understood as well. Yeah. So it would help them identify like their core feelings or their issues or their concerns rather than just be the vague, oh, I'm stressed. Yeah, it does. And I think, it, it, you know, on the in counseling, we call it going past the content to the process. So it's kind of getting past the particular details of this circumstance to the deeper, maybe childhood related, maybe family of origin related or the, the core values or or the, the core feelings that were affected or things that were triggered by what's going on or whatever. It's, it's the deeper meaning of the discussion. Yeah. So as an example, like the wife could say, you know, little Jimmy, the boy, or little boy, Jimmy came home today and blasted in the door. He threw his backpack in my arms and blew right by me and just shouted out over his shoulder. He's heading to the neighbors to play on his new game console. And the husband, you know, if he's going to reflect that back to her, he can kind of just think about what she said for a moment, maybe and say, so you felt disappointed, like maybe kind of hurt and angry about being treated like you were his maid rather than being greeted respectfully as his mom. Is that kind of what that was for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So just reflect what happened back with feelings attached. Yep. Okay. Pretty much. Yep. Okay. That's good. And what you just did was summarizing. Hell yeah. Which is the fourth one. So summarizing is the fourth skill to this, and it ties sort of multiple pieces together. So that's when you take clarifying and paraphrasing, you do them together, or maybe you clarify and you reflect mm-hmm. and you, you kind of tie them in there. So if the husband's like, I'm just so done with my brother, Joe, and I'm sick and tired of his negativity and his criticism all the time, you know, it was great when he was in that sales job, but since he's been unemployed, it's like, he's so bitter and hard to be with. And I just, I don't know what to do with him or about him right now. So me being a very emotionally intelligent wife mm-hmm. could say, sounds like you're kind of sad about losing the old Joe that you knew and enjoyed so much. Are you saying that you wish you could find a way to help him? Yeah. Now, when we're kind of role playing this on the... It sounds fake. It does. Yeah. But I think in the moment, you know, when you're, when you're pulling these things together and you're trying to give some feeling words back to your spouse, or you're trying to just clarify or, or paraphrase what they say to distill something... It's helping them to go deeper into what the real issues were for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it will be more natural. So are you saying that you're you're a little bit embarrassed about our role playing and that you, you wish it was more natural? Uh, you are summarizing and reflecting. Oh, thank you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give those four things a shot. But another thing that I think is really important to good listening is, you know, when we ask questions of each other, how we ask those questions. So one of the One of the real simple things to think about there is an open question versus a closed question. And -hmm. the difference between those two is an open gives you a long answer and a closed gives you a yes, no. Yeah. We have some friends that are great at 
asking questions and just opening up a conversation. Yeah. Whereas other people like myself is more like, did you have a good day? Yes. Yes. No. Or what did you do today? Is an open question. Yeah, exactly. So asking those open questions, you usually start with a how. Uh, Why sometimes can be more like interrogative, interrogative or whatever that word is, you know, more pointed, a little more pushy sometimes. If you can start with how that really works good today or what was your day like or Mm -hmm. what did that mean to you when you said that or she said that. Those those kinds of questions that they, they start off open, much deeper conversations come out of that. Okay. I think we should talk about timing too, Verlinda. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Now you and I have found that like after 10 (laughs) o'clock, trying to unpack something serious is... Futile. Well, it's more emotional than it would have been two or three hours earlier. Yes. Simply because we're exhausted. Yeah. And do you know what though? It took me a little while to learn that when you said, you know what, go to sleep and we'll talk about it later. Not to get offended at that. I wasn't rejecting you or... No. And now it's like, you know what? That's right. I just need to go to sleep and we'll talk about this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you do have this, you know, the let not the sun go down on your wrath principle where it's good to sort stuff out. Yeah. But don't leave it until, you know, 10 or 11 at night to start it. Yeah. And I think that's more the principle of yeah. of not letting it drag and build up and to the point where you put another brick on the wall that's between you, right? And then you just explode. Yeah. Not that I would ever explode or anything. No, no. Yeah. Yes. So just being on top of the conversation and picking a good time, just park it for later. Promise that you return to it. Agree on a time and hold to that and yeah. come back to it. Sometimes timing is all about timing. If you're rushing out the door to go to friends or out for dinner, that might not be the time. If you have to be with the kids right away, it's not the time. Yeah. Whatever your circumstances are, just be a little bit more strategic. And that can really help a conversation go better as well in terms of the listening and, and your engagement with one another. Yeah. So what about nonverbal? Like all that we've talked about in this listening to understand and communication has all been verbal. Mm-hmm. Can nonverbal cues help? Absolutely. So nonverbal is a huge part of communication as we hear so often. Mm-hmm. Just things like head nods. Like you don't have to, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're really trying to be a good listener, you can get overwhelmed with trying to have the right response all the time. <laughs> and look really cheesy. Well, just make eye contact and nod. Yeah. At the right time. And your facial expression, be aware of what your face looks like. I remember. Reflect. Yeah, I really learned that at vet clinic when I worked at a vet clinic, because when an owner came in, you guys are all might be having a great day at the vet clinic. But when they came in to euthanize their pet, Mm. you had to put the face on that matched their reality right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you might have done this hundreds of times and frankly gotten somewhat desensitized to it. But it's their precious pet. It's the funeral face and the lowered voice. Like you got to meet them where they're at. And yeah. that's the same thing with with each other. Another thing is open gestures and postures. So sometimes you can cross your legs and you cross your arms and you're all together and crossed and closed off. Mm-hmm. And Or turn your head away. Yeah, non-verbally you're saying, I don't want to go here. So yeah. try and stay open with your language, your arms apart, turn towards your partner. Another great one is silence. Be comfortable with that. Let them think through, let them answer the question. You know, sometimes the best listening and and the response is not the response, it's the silence. Right. I'm here. And I think in our relationship, that's harder for me because I'm the type of person, if you're going, so I just want to finish your sentence. Like, I know what you're trying to say. Right. So it's harder for me just to be quiet and let you actually say it. Yeah. Well, I think too, that all of us are uncomfortable with silence. 
Yeah. After a certain point. Yeah. Everybody has that uncomfort and you, you just want to say something. And what if you just reach out or what if you just sit there and look? Mm, yeah. yeah. You're better at that than me. That's it's all good skills. Mm-hmm. Eliminate distractions if at all possible. Of course, you know, turn your cell phone off if it dings or. Don't pick it up. No, <laughs> not in the middle of a serious conversation. Yeah. So hopefully that, that gives some good skills accessible things that we can all do and learn to really strengthen our listening. Yeah. So let's head over to our question segment now. And now for our Q&A section. Remember, if you'd like to ask us a question, you can email it to questions at onlyyouforever.com or please leave us a voicemail at onlyyouforever.com slash questions. Okay, so we have a question here from Mike. And Mike's question is, we're in a time of life when taking my wife out for a date is hard work. We have three kids under six. And in addition to family, I'm trying to balance my work and our ministry. Do you have any good suggestions for how I can more consistently date my wife? Well, that that's a real life question. Yeah, we certainly went through this. Yeah, right out of the trenches. Yep. I'm sure a lot more people go through this too. Oh, it's no not doubt. just us and Mike. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about, like, I think one thing you're going to have to do is we need to adjust our expectations to our life situation. So kids under six, you know, that's a, that's a whole different kettle of fish than no kids or kids over six. Yes. It is. For sure. Quick thought is if you sign up for our email list, you do get uh, a link to a PDF ebook, 30 dates for under $30. Maybe some ideas in there for stuff that'll work for you. Cause uh, a lot of those were born out of, you know, things that you and I did and learned to do. When our kids were under six pretty much when we were in this phase of life as well. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some other thoughts and just ideas. Maybe there's another couple that you can coordinate with and just do date swapping. So you arrange with them to alternate every week or every two weeks or every month, whatever is going to be reasonable. And you guys, you both calendarize it and you, you put it on the wall. So everybody knows when it is And one night or one week, you're keeping their kids and yours. And the next week they're keeping both sets of kids. Yeah. And that just gives you a kind of a, a routine and, a, and something that you can look forward to. And then it does, it's not coming out of pocket either. Like you're yeah. exchanging time instead of giving you're not, money out. You're not paying a babysitter. Yeah. 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 Our, I think we need to, as you said before, reduce expectations and do something smaller, but more consistent. Yeah. Like does it need to be a full evening event as a date every time? Yeah, like you don't need to go out for a fancy dinner and go to the symphony and mm-hmm. or whatever people do, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, you just need a little bit of time to stop and connect as just the two. Yeah. So one of the things that we used to do is we used to put the kids to bed and it was mm-hmm. particularly on the night where I had internship. Yeah. So um, you were it was late. an evening. I was home at 730 and you would have a snack or I'd have a snack around supper time, which was usually earlier in our family. And you'd have the kids all in bed. Yeah, I'd feed them normal times. Yeah, and I think you would even call in the sushi order and I'd just pick it up at yeah. the pickup place on the way through. So we had the timing pretty tight. You'd put the tea on, I'd get home. I'd say goodnight to the girls really quick because they'd just gone down. Yeah. And then we'd have sushi together. Now yeah. that date sometimes might have lasted, you know, the last couple hours of the evening. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes. might have been 45 minutes. Yeah, you had a paper to write or... Yeah. whatever taxes do. Yeah. And takeout sushi for us was like 15, 20 bucks in Vancouver. So it was pretty affordable, but you could do this with a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Sometimes we did dessert. Save your dessert for later and make a couple of lattes or, or whatever you might want to do. But the one prerequisite that's kind of in behind here is you got to train your kids for this at when it's bedtime, it's bedtime. 
And they don't get up. Yeah, it's overdone. Yeah. And it's just mommy and daddy time. Yeah, for sure. So that that's another thought for you too. What about lunch dates? Um, that might work better if your kids are all in school or preschool. Yeah. That's I, not going to work for everybody. But sometimes too, it's easier to get a friend to look after kids in the middle of a day than it is to take time out of their day when their whole family's home in an right. evening. Right. You know, you can get, I don't know if you want to get a neighbor, but you know, a friend from church or yeah. a grandparent or whatever. Yeah. And take that time. Yeah. Now for a good portion of our, our child rearing life, we lived away from our parents and their grandparents. Yeah. We didn't have grandparents. But if you do have access to grandparents, use them strategically. Don't overuse them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could drop them off. Uh, we actually used to do that on a longer base, longer term basis. We drop them off for five or six days. And once a year, we'd go off for a week camp on the West coast of Vancouver Island, Yeah, which was beautiful. Yeah. And that was a great break for us. And they were looking forward to having the kids all to their own for a week. Too. And the kids look forward to it. It was just a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think at the end of the day, you have to use your schedule and schedule your dates. Like your dates aren't going to happen. You need to mm-hmm. say, okay, we're going to do this every Tuesday night or mm-hmm. pick a night. And it's, we don't have four hours. It's only going to last for mm-hmm. 45 minutes or one hour. Yep. And yeah. if it doesn't work, change it. Don't just throw your dates out. Yeah. Like as, as we moved or as your classes changed, we had to change what we were doing. All the time. All the time. Yeah. And I think in behind too is also the realization that, you know, taking care of our marriage is taking care of our kids and it's taking care of our ministry and it's taking care of my work. Right. Marriage needs to come first. Yeah. True. Good point. Good. Great question. We hope the answer was helpful for you. Uh, Feel free to send us some feedback on that. We want to shout out a huge thank you to uh, Kyle Wilson for leaving us a review on iTunes again this week. That's very much appreciated. Helps us reach a wider audience. And it makes us feel good too. It encourages us to keep doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at onlyyouforever.com slash 15. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So send us your marriage questions in to questions at onlyyouforever.com. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the onlyyouforever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at onlyyouforever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.